Welcome to Becoming Your Best Version. Today, we have a special guest, Anna, or Anna McKessie, a holistic energy practitioner. She takes women on a transformational energy journey using meditation, healing, energy healing, and coaching. Through her Facebook group, The Spiritual Gravy Train, Anna leads a community of women and shows them how to improve their energy and their lives through movement, wholesome nutrition, focused relaxation, and connection to their inner self. She provides master classes on meditation, breath work, and energy. She also provides one-on-one -on -one coaching for women looking to move forward in discovering their true identity and life's passion so that they can become the best versions of themselves. Having devoted so much time towards healing and recovering from her own core traumas and ancestral wounding, she has followed a calling to help other women do the same. Her energy work is transformative. Single sessions equate to years of therapy through Akashic record readings, channeled lessons from higher consciousness and spiritual counseling. She supports women looking to reclaim their voice and recognize their innate power. If you are looking to get unstuck and start over again in your career, love relationships, money relationships, or any other aspect of your life, she is here to help. See whenspiritleads.com for more information. Welcome, Anna. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us, what exactly is a holistic energy practitioner? Well, um, you can look at that, you can define that in a lot of different ways. Um, a lot of what I do is akin to Reiki, uh, although it's for me and for my experience, what I've experienced with my clients, it's a lot more transformative than that. It's, it's even deeper than that in the sense that I'm really connecting with a person's um, core traumas. I'm really getting into their energy field and really beginning to understand what exactly happened to them, not only in their lifetime, but maybe in previous lifetimes, as well as what ancestral um, karma they might be carrying mm -hmm. and needing to work through in order to clear their own energy blocks. So it's, it's a pretty um, intense process. And you know what, what I've gotten back, the, the feedback I've gotten back from clients is that they've really felt a shift after we've had sessions together. Oh, that's beautiful. So you can even help people who are single and looking to attract a partner. Tell me, what is the process that you would um, would enact to help someone with that? Well, really what that's pointing to is becoming your best self so that you can be a better partner to, to another in a relationship. So it's more about really getting yourself grounded and centered into who you really are you know, who you really are from, you know, not only from the point of having healed your ancestral wounding, but also your inner child traumas, whatever you've experienced in your lifetime or lifetimes, even as I said, so that you can be the best version of yourself and therefore be more present in a relationship, more and more loving towards yourself so that then you can love another person to the fullest extent that you're capable of doing. And, and that way you can really um, and like attracts like, right? So in the energy in the energy world, like attracts like. So if you're at that high vibration, if you've done your own work, if you've done your own inner healing, then you're going to attract someone who's 
similarly in that same vibration, who's also ready and willing to open to, or to enter into an, uh, a loving and authentic relationship. Mm, I love that. Now, what brought you to do this really important work? Well, really this um, healing transformation happened for me after my divorce and the uh, just what I went through in terms of, you know, the discoveries I made about my ex, like, you know, I kind of realized that there were a lot of things about his own childhood wounding, his own traumatic upbringing that really kind of came to the surface and had to be dealt with. And he wasn't willing to deal with it. And it really brought my own wounding forward as well. And so I sort of had to take a closer look at my, um, my childhood wounds, what I had experienced throughout my lifetime and lifetimes, as I said, in order to heal myself, because really, you know, you can't, you can't fix another person, all you can do is work on yourself. And so through that experience, I sort of started diving deeper into, you know, what kind of person I wanted to be and, and who am I really without my blocks. And that's what I'll say to my clients often is, you don't really know who you are until you remove those energetic blocks. And then you start to really discover truly who you are at your core, what you're capable of, and you realize that you're capable of more than your mind would allow you to, to think that you're capable of because the mind has all kinds of limiting beliefs. You have all kinds of insecurities, you know, just living on this earthly plane, you know, things happen, right? Life is difficult and you experience tough times and everyone goes through something difficult and that brings some scarring. And when you can remove all of that or, and really work through it, you can really discover who you are at your core and what you're really capable of. So true. And I know that you are a lawyer, so you are used to dealing were trained to deal with the concrete. When did you allow yourself to accept the possibility of past lives? How did that process go for you? Well, that's a really good question because you know I've heard people speak in terms like that and I kind of would in the past, maybe even roll my eyes like whatever, like, what is that? That's just like, you know, woo woo talk and kind of discounted as not being very credible. And it was only when I started on this journey and I actually, one of the things I did was I, um, I got certified to be an inner voice facilitator, which is basically a person who guides someone else into their own inner voice, which is really bringing them into a trance. It's bringing them into a different brave wavelength so that they're able to bypass the, the intellect and, and really drop into their soul self. And there's a process behind that. That's why I say it's more than simply a Reiki type of healing because you're the person's on the journey with you and you're really helping them. It's almost like a, I call it hypnosis. It's really like a form of hypno, hypnosis. So anyway, I went through that process of getting certified. And as I was learning how to do it, I was learning how to basically hypnotize myself and learn how to get into my own core trauma wounds and my inner child wounds. And when I did that, I sort of opened up into this whole new world of possibilities that I never knew even existed because I started connecting with, you know, like I, my psychic abilities came out, which I kind of knew were there. And we all really, we all have them. And I, as a child was, was, was one of those kids that was, you know, seeing ghosts and things like that. But of course, you know, you get older and you just put that all away and you just kind of move on. Well, that kind of opened up again. And I started being able to sort of see you know, not only ancestors that had passed, but some of what had happened to them and what had happened to people in my ancestral line. And then it went even further, you know, the deeper I got into my hypnosis and into my meditations, um, really just preparing myself to work with other clients, because really you're your first client, right? So I had to really do the work myself. And in that process, I started learning more about 
um, past lives and what I had experienced, my, what my soul had experienced in other incarnations. So it was really like a journey that I took as I delved deeper into the work and the practice and the meditation. And then in doing that, I was able to bring that to my clients. That's really wonderful because it took me a long time to accept that possibility as well. And now I believe that all religions and spiritual practices are in search of or uh, striving for the same goal. And that because we are human, we can't possibly fully grasp the breadth of um, of what is, of spirituality, of what lies beyond or what what the universe really is. So I think we all try to make sense of it in different ways and that you are one of the gifted people who can help us do that. So I thank you for what you're doing in helping people. Yeah, of course. And you know, I, I used to call myself that, like a, a psychic and a spiritual medium. And then I backed away from those terms only because they're so loaded, number one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But number two, because I recognize that other people, we all have these aspects of ourselves. We all have the potential to do the same thing. It's not something special about me that I only have, that you don't have, or that anyone listening might have. It's within all of us. It's just a matter of tapping into it and recognizing, you know, that we have that potential. And, you know, you've, you hear all kinds of, um, you know, stories about people who will say that they didn't realize that they had, um, or they, they haven't used certain parts of their brain in a particular way. You know, you sort of hear about like the scientific studies of, you know, how we're only using a certain percentage of our brain. Well, mm -hmm. I wonder if this is attributable to that even. I mean, I don't know that. I mean, that's what's difficult about this kind of work. It can't really be proven scientifically necessarily, but I have had enough of my own personal experiences and I've walked other people through pretty transformational experiences to know that it's a real thing. It's an actual thing that can you can experience for yourself you can sort of leave this third dimension as I call it and enter into other dimensions and it's it's possible for all of us I guess is the point yeah I I hear that and I've been told that also by other intuitive people um, and clairvoyants who say we all have that gift and children um, most uh, apparently have it and that as we get conditioned by society we lose sight of, of our gifts uh, because we're conditioned by societal norms and judgments. And so we lose the capacity if we don't nurture it. Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know, it's one of these things where, you know, children also have an active imagination. And um, some of what our soul self is, is really the ability to imagine and to be creative and that's why oftentimes, you know, I have a few friends and clients that will say that they feel that intuitive um, ability come forth when they're doing artwork or when they're singing or painting, because it's that ability to just imagine and just release grip on the logic and, um, you know, the evidence form based world that we live in and just sort of dream and enter into that dreamlike state, which children are much more prone and easy. It comes to them more easily. And like you just said, a lot of it too, is they haven't been as conditioned. They haven't gone through as much difficulty, hopefully in their lives. So they haven't um, experienced as much emotional baggage or trauma, and they're just more pure and they're more innocent and they're more just open to whatever it is, and they can connect more easily. And it's a shame that, you know, um, it's not recognized very often. And, or like in my case, you know, I was able to 
you know, see, like, for example, I had a brother who died when I was six and he was two. And I could actually had him come sitting on my, his spirit after he passed would come sit on my bed and, and talk wow. to me, you know, but for me to share that with my parents, you know, not only was it heartbreaking because of what had happened, but it was hard for them to believe that that was even possible. So oftentimes adults, you know, we tend to not really, um, take, we, we don't really believe what that, what we're hearing from the children as being true when in fact they can really teach us something. We have a lot we could learn from them. That is so true. That is so true. There's so much that we had at our disposal as children that, um, that we lose because of the demands of adulthood that we get swept up in. And I think that the ability to let loose and to really play, we even lose that desire because of what our society seems to demand of us. Well, that's absolutely true. In fact, one of the things um, so as I was saying before, and learning how to be an inner voice facilitator, I'm facilitating people to connect with their intuition, which also means connecting with their inner voice, which is really the divine aspect of the person, because we're all a divine aspect of the universe. We're all a spark of the universe, or some might call it God or whatever your faith, your, your faith system might be, but we're all a spark of that. And so we're all carrying that ability to, you know, connect with the divine, connect with the universe. And, um, you know, it's easy to forget that that's the case because we get caught up in our mind worries, our mind thoughts. We live in a very intellectualized society. So oftentimes when I am in that space of, you know, hypnosis or, or trance or whatever you want to call it, where I'm able to really dig deep into meditation and connect with my inner self, my inner voice, the, it's interesting, but some of the advice that I will get from my own soul is basically to play more, to have fun, to not take life so seriously, exactly as you just said, and to just find the joy in everything and live in the moment, live in the present, live in what you're, what's around you and try to find gratitude for what you have. Even if your circumstances are difficult, even if you're going through a hard time, even if you feel like everything's stacked against you, if you can find something to be grateful for, if you can find something to be happy about, you know, it can really change your vibration and it can really change eventually if you do it more, you know, often enough, it can start changing your mindset. That's wonderful. Wonderful. So I see that in December, you have another intensive energy healing and business coaching seminar coming up for it's a three month process to establish and launch your intuition-led business or project. Can you tell us what's involved and what uh, your attendees will be doing in those three months? Yeah, you know, it's still kind of coming together um, because I do everything in my business led by my own intuition, right? So mm -hmm. as a result, that means oftentimes I'll have to sort of sit on something and wait because the one thing that is tricky about doing it this way rather than leading with the mind or the intellect is that it's very much in the present moment. So sometimes it can be a little tricky because you, you know, the, the tendency that we all have is we want to, you know, plan our to-do list, you know, plan around our calendar. And oftentimes the, you know, the creative um, hit, I like to call it, or the download or the divine download or the instruction that I, that I'll get won't necessarily happen when I want it to happen. It's not always under my control. So what I've gotten so far from my intuition from my meditation is that I should be putting together a program for people that they can come, you know, work with me in a, in a container 
where we'll, you know, I'll hold space for them. We'll work through whatever it is that they're facing. And if it's specifically towards um, business, which is something I've seen coming in my, you know, intuition, it will be a matter of helping them figure out what it is they want to do and how they can use their intuition to guide them through it the same way I'm doing in my business. And so it's really like a combination of uh, healing work as well as intuitive guidance and using those tools to create a business for yourself. And, um, you know, it depends on the people that end up joining this uh, course or this process as to how we go about it exactly, because I do want to make it very customized and tailored to the, the people I'm working with, because mm-hmm. everyone's coming from a different a different place. And so it really has to be focused around the needs of the, of the uh, group that I'm working with. Yes, definitely. I love how you use lots of different platforms to reach your clients. You're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even Clubhouse. You are offering group meditation on Clubhouse. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's been really interesting. Um, simply because in Clubhouse, you know, people are going in and out of the rooms. You know, they're if if for those of, of you of your listeners who aren't um, aware of what it is, so Clubhouse is an app that's all audio, there's no video involved. And um, it's sort of like if you were in real life to go to a conference and you would kind of slip into different conference rooms and maybe sit for a little while and take what you needed and move on and and go into the next room, you know, depending on what the offerings are. And that similar concept, it's all audio and you're in a hallway looking at different clubs and different rooms and deciding if you want to go and listen. And you can either participate, you can even ask to be, to ask to join the presenter on the stage is what they call it and, and ask questions or offer insights. And it's a really interesting um, platform. And what I found in offering the meditation and um, is that it really is, it's not always easy because there's people coming in and out of the room that not necessarily that they're being disruptive, but you know, it's sort of, you have to kind of keep your eye open to what might be happening in terms of when someone's there, when someone's leaving. And generally what I like to do is sort of allow for that to, ha- uh, to happen in the beginning, maybe the first five or 10 minutes, and then really like drop in with the people that are there. And generally they will stay, you know, once they're in their, in their, in their um, meditative state and they want to just be there in that container. Um, the other thing I found interesting is that I've met some interesting people doing that, um, working with that platform, other intuitives, other psychics, other mediums. And, you know, we've even come together and offered um, readings to people. So I've held space in a container with some other intuitives where we've just basically kind of, you know, put the sign on the door, so to speak, and said, come on in. If you have a, a question or an issue you're trying to work through and you would like some like a psychic reading for free, you know, you can come in and we'll we'll do that for you. So that's been really fun, too. Oh, I love that. I'm going to take advantage of that. so this is another offering of yours that I'm intrigued by and I've never seen offered before it is create your own unique prayer practice and you assist people with developing a prayer life and a unique prayer life and offering guidance on how to begin your own personal prayer uh, practice so can you tell our listeners about that yeah, well, what I found is that um, you know, I generally get like two different groups of people that come to me um, through the When Spirit Leads. The first group is generally someone that already has a religious um, framework that they're working within, and they don't necessarily 
um, feel the need to change what they're doing or change their practices. Then the other group is more what that is pointing towards, which are those people that feel the need to really create something that is a prayer practice and they not, they're not really sure how to go about it. It's often someone that may not have been raised with a religion, but is interested in meditating, connecting to the divine, connecting to the divine aspect of themselves, as I talked about a moment ago with their soul self, but also having some sort of a prayer that they can feel comfortable adopting. So that, you know, I'm not imposing any type of religious doctrine on them. They're not feeling as if they're being pushed into any sort of religious faith-based doctrine, but simply that they feel that the words resonate for them because there's a lot of power in words. You know, when we, when we speak, we're, 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 we're relaying energy. You know, there's energy behind the words that we use. And so it's very much a very personal and um, customized sort of situation for that person. So it might be someone who, likes the word universe, maybe doesn't like the word God and likes to talk about the planet and nature and the sun and the moon and sort of incorporate that into the words that they wanna use when they're putting together their own prayer practice. And so I'll just work with them to kind of figure out what is it that they feel called. And usually it, it really, it just means helping them drop into their own inner voice and then their, and then their inner voice and their own process of connecting with their inner voice, the words will come to them and they'll feel comfortable with whatever they come up with. I'm just kind of guiding them there. Really, I'm guiding them to finding what words ring true to them is what it comes down to. That's beautiful. I also like that you have some freebies on your website, including a karma cord cutting meditation and also how to learn EFT, emotional freedom technique tapping. So um, tell us a bit about those free resources. Yeah, so I had um, done a Facebook Live and then I took that and put it on the website so anyone could access it um, around the EFT, the Emotional Freedom Technique Tapping. And really what that's doing is, again, we're talking about vibration and we often hold negative vibrations, all of us, you know, just by going out in the world and being around negative people or, um, you know, negative situations or experiences that we have, we pick up on these vibrations and we want to let them go. And not even just in the day to day, but also we're carrying, like I said earlier, our ancestors um, views about, or even our relatives or our parents or our grandparents views around money or relationships or careers. And, you know, by doing this type of tapping, we're basically just tapping onto different acupuncture points throughout our physical body. And that has an energetic consequence in that we're changing the vibration that we're holding. So it doesn't happen necessarily right away, but in a few sessions or just doing it as a part of your practice, whatever your meditative or prayer practice might be, you can add on another 10 minutes or so, five minutes even, of just tapping these different points on your physical body and changing, it's a mantra. So you're doing it as you're tapping, say the top of your head, or if you're karate chopping your hands, you know, the different points that I said on your physical body, you're really, you're, you're using certain words and you're saying, you know, these, this is what I no longer, this is what I want to let go of. I want to let go of my limitations around scarcity, around worrying about money, around thinking that I don't have enough. And instead you want to tap in the mantra of I am abundant money flows freely to me, you know, those type of things, or if it's a weight, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, it can be a matter of, I am healthy. I eat healthy. I move my body in healthy ways. I love my body. 
And so you try to get rid of the negative negative thoughts and really tap in the positive affirmations into your physical body, which affects your frequency and your vibration. Got it. That's wonderful. Those are really, really useful freebies, folks. So go ahead and check out whenspiritleads.com and check out the freebies page because she's giving us some really useful tools to help us um, improve our lives and heal. So I really appreciate that you do that. And this, mind you, everyone, is not her daytime job. She does this out of the goodness of her heart, her passion for helping heal the world and heal other people. And um, I just am so really amazed and grateful for all the wonderful things that you're doing, which leads me to our last question which is, what do you do to become your best version? Uh, For me, it all is about meditating. Um, If I meditate, I'm able to be more grounded. I'm able to be more centered and I'm able to live as my best self. So I'm able to respond to, you know, I don't know, maybe one of my kids has a crisis and they're calling me all stressed out and I can respond when that calm voice of reason, of uh, support without getting like pulled into whatever it is. Cause you know, as mothers, oftentimes we get pulled into whatever our children are going through and it's natural and it happens to me too. I'm not saying it doesn't, but if I can have that um, calm centered self present for, for them or for whatever situation, if it could be in my nine to five job or whatever the case may be, that really will go a long way to me being my best self. So for me, it's really about meditating. And I know that word is a heavy one. And it, a lot of people sort of cringe when you hear that word, because they think, oh, gosh, what does that require? And how much time is it going to take? And maybe I can't do it right. But really, it's, it's transformative. I can't say enough about the power behind just taking five minutes of breathing, centering, closing your eyes, and just connecting inward. And it can really be just a five minute thing. It doesn't have to be this long, you know, thing where you're like sitting on a mat and you're doing it a certain way. It could even be if you're taking a walk in nature and instead of listening to your favorite music or whatever, you're just letting yourself be in nature and connecting inward as you just walk and just, you know, take in the surroundings and try to really be present and just doing those little things really go a long way. And that's what I try to do. So that's how I try to live and become my best self. That's so true. I mean, sometimes my meditation consists of getting out of my car, walking and taking deep breaths before I enter my office building. It, it can be one deep centering breath can be a mini meditation. So Absolutely. I, I believe everyone benefits from centering, centering breath, centering prayer, just being more present in the moment. Um, I like to say when we're focusing on our breath, we can't simultaneously be worrying about the future or fretting about the past. It's important. It's impossible to do it all at once. So, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, how do I not have the, you know, the thoughts, the monkey mind going? And really, if you think about your breath only and you just concentrate just on that breath, like you said, you'll see that your mind just sort of calms down and just really focuses on the body. And then you're not as much in that monkey mind. It really can be that simple. 
I agree. So thank you, Anna, so much for taking time out of your busy day to talk to us and inspire us and share your light. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. All right. So again, check out her Facebook page uh, and When Spirit Leads and all the wonderful offerings that she gives freely, many of them. So take a look and here's to becoming our best version. Oh, thanks. Yeah, and I would want to say one other thing, um, just an ending. I am going to start on a monthly base um, talking about how we can connect um, to our bodies in terms of what kind of skin care is best for us. Uh, I just did a, a Zoom call yesterday with a group, and we really just did a drop-in meditation really quick, and we all just did some muscle testing to see, you know, what is it that our skin is telling us? You know, is it whatever it might be, moisturizing more, um, you know, trying to release some of the um, inflammation or the congestion. And we didn't even talk about products. We just talked about how to connect with our skin and what it's telling us. And so that's something I think I'm going to be doing on a monthly basis. So keep an eye out for that. Oh, I like it. I will be looking out for that. Thank you again, Anna McKessie. Oh, thank you. Have a great day. You too.